and welcome to the Pink Sheep Tales podcast. Pink Sheep Tales? What's this all about, I hear you ask? Well, the name is based on the old saying, Black Sheep of the Family, and Tales, T-A-L-E-S, is a play on words because we'll be hearing people's life stories. So through this podcast, I'm so excited to be able to share these remarkable stories from inspirational children and adults with you. These everyday people are building amazing businesses, excelling in their careers, exceptional in their industries, choosing unique career paths, and all in the name of living their best life. My goal is to encourage listeners to follow their passions and be inspired by our pink sheep who have and are doing just that. So let's do it. Let's open the gate and hear this week's Pink Sheep Tale. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Pink Sheep Tales. It's a bit different this week. I've got two special guests with me, Joe and Nathan, who I'll introduce in a moment. Joe and I met socially, sort of, and then became business acquaintances and, um, and through Joe, obviously, I've now met her husband. Both Joe and Nathan are following different career paths in different settings. And it's a lot of things I think a lot of people would aspire to be able to have their personal and professional lives running like. So I'll introduce you first, Joe, and Joe's um, podcast producer. So hi, Joe. Hi, Christine. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Thank you. I'm pretty excited because you've just told me this is your first podcast. So you edit them. I've edited loads. I've edited hundreds and hundreds of podcasts, but I've never actually been on one myself. So it's uh, pretty fun to be a part of it, I think. Yeah. Oh, so thank you so much. This makes it even more special. So Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. And Nathan, your husband, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Nathan, you're a YouTube gamer. That's right. Yes. Let's get... Um, straight into it and what we were thinking about doing first is giving a little brief history of both of you and sort of how you came to be in these um, unique careers and then we'd sort of move on to pros and cons of working from home, being married and having these unique careers and little tips along the way that you've learned or tips that you think other people might be looking to follow in your career paths that might help them along the way. So, Nathan, would you like to start? Okay, sure. So, Joe and I met at university. We yep. started the same degree. And um, we, we continued to branch out um, after university, and I did various jobs. I've always wanted to work for myself. I did a video editing business, like freelancing at first, and uh, that, that failed. And uh, then I was in sales for a bit. And while I was in sales, I was also doing YouTube gaming. And eventually, it got to the point where I took a leap of faith, I guess, where I estimated that my current growth would actually exceed my sales income. And so I quit the sales jobs and focused on YouTube. And it did. And I kept going from there. And that was in 2013? That was when I started YouTube gaming. That wasn't when I did it full time. It was actually not until 2015 that I actually did it full time. Oh, okay. Cool. And... We were mentioning, because we've had a, quite a long conversation before we started the podcast, so we have to remember everything that we were talking about before the podcast to let everyone know all that awesome information we were talking about. So you were saying at school, you had a really keen interest in video games 
back yeah. then. So basically, I was just I was the typical kid that just played video games all day long. I didn't really concentrate very much as as I should have at school. Um, rather than do my homework, I always prioritize video games. And my parents would always say, "Oh, you know, stop playing video games. You can't do that for a living." Yeah,、well, I showed them. Well, you certainly <laughs> did.、Yeah. You certainly did. Oh, thank you, Nathan. Okay, so Joe. A little history on yourself. Yeah, so after university, I worked in radio for a while. So、um, did a few years,、um, various different radio stations as a producer. And、um, one day, I got a message from somebody that I'd met in radio who was starting a podcast and wanted somebody to help with the production and the editing and. Um, that back end side of it, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll I'll do that as just as a bit of a side hustle, you know. It wasn't going to be full time or anything, but、um, I was like, yeah, I can do that in addition to what I'm doing. And then I never really, well, it's not that I didn't want to, but I never really、uh, had a goal to work for myself. I was very happy working for、um, bigger companies and having that security that comes with it. But then、um, I guess the podcasting thing just got bigger and bigger. As you know, podcasting has become an industry of its own, and through word of mouth, I got a few more different clients, and eventually the、uh, podcasting side of my world started to take up so much of my time that something had to give. And、uh, about six months ago, I left my full-time job and. Have just been doing、uh, podcasting and bits and pieces on my own from home, and it's been really great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember. So you and I have known each other for nearly a year now.、Yeah. So I was there when you were still working for your previous company, your previous business, and you were taking that leap into. Yeah. You, I think you were one of the people that kind of came on at that time where. Everything was growing really fast, and、uh, it just started taking up so much of my time. And I was like, "Okay, what do I want to do now?" It was just easier to give up the thing where I was getting up at three thirty in the morning every day to work in radio. Yeah, and、uh, yeah, so it's been a bit of an adjustment working from home because、uh, I've never done that before. I've never run my own business before. I didn't really know what I was doing, so it's a little bit scary at first. It was really good to sort of hear, when we'd have conversations to sort of hear how you're excited and then your little fears as well and then you took the leap and then little adjustments you were making once you'd made the leap yeah so it was really good. What really interests me about your stories is that you are following like what the entire Pink Sheep Tales podcast is about is people who are following their dreams. It's not following the norm as such.、Um, And you're working from home, which so many people would love to be able to work from home, but I don't think a lot of people are ready to do that or kind of can fathom how that might work. And then, so you're both doing that, and it, that's really interesting. So, from the last six months, so from when Joe's started working from home, how have you both found it? What are the pros and cons and things like that you've you've discovered? Well, I think there's a lot of pros and cons, and it's going to be different for everybody.、Mm-hmm. And it works really well for us. And I guess one of the things that might have been one of the fears that I was talking to you about was that a lot of people say, "Oh, when you work from home, make sure that you get dressed properly, put your makeup on, have a dedicated office and dedicated work hours, and don't do a load of washing or do any." House stuff during your work hours and have a very strict schedule. And so, 
I tried to work that way for a while and found that that just didn't work for me and that, you know, I'm very happy to just work at night in my pajamas whenever I sort of, you know, feel creatively inspired as opposed to having a regimented schedule. And of course, that's not going to work for everybody. Um, a lot of people would probably find it easier to separate their work, um, like their work life and their home life. And I think also because we're married and we're both working from home, maybe that makes it a little bit easier for us to just have one big mess of everything is sort of combined. Well, I, know, and... I know when we were talking before, you were saying that Nathan was actually giving you a lot of encouragement to yeah. take the leap. So and, I think that's Yeah, a big... it made me a lot happier once I started working full-time from home because uh, it was something that I really loved doing and I just wanted her to feel that same way as well. Aww. Oh, yeah. isn't that lovely? Yeah, it's yeah. Sweet. and it's nice to have that support from your partner mm. as well. I think that makes not, a, a not, huge difference, not, yeah. Not everything about it is easy. It was I, – I found a lot of challenges mentally um, and just managing time and adjusting – you know, getting my body clock adjusted and things like that. So it's it's not always easy. So I think you do need yeah. the support of your family if you're going to do it. I should also point out it's not completely altruistic. There's definitely benefits from having your wife at home and happy all the time. Definitely some benefits. Yeah. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's just awesome yeah. that, um, like what you've just said then, that's so lovely. He wanted you to experience that same happiness that he feels and he had that trust and belief in you that you could do it. For a while, I had a lot of fears about, oh, what if I don't make enough money or, you know, should I get a part-time job in the meantime? And well, it's very scary taking that leap. Yeah, well, that was the thing. You can't be thinking that way. What if I fail? You have to you have to believe in yourself, but also you can't just believe in yourself. You have to work hard. So when I was first doing it in 2015, full-time, it really was full-time plus full-time. You had to... Every waking moment was was working on it because the more you put in, the more you get out. It's not a case of nine to five, okay, I'm clocking off. If the work's not done, you got to keep going. Mm. And that's definitely a con. You can get absorbed into your work and it's very hard for me even now to just pull away. Even though I'm doing very well at the moment, I find it really difficult to even just take a single day off. Yeah. Yeah, it's I impossible to um, book a holiday you know, most people at the end of the year might go away for two weeks or whatever. Well, you just, you know, especially when you work in uh, YouTube or probably any kind of social yeah. media, you can't just take time away. Yeah, you take of... a day off and you see things go downhill and mm. then you panic and you, mm. i got to get back to it. Mm. So it's that's the biggest con is you can't, it's very difficult to step away. And I guess the hours as well. Like, I guess some people who run their own businesses are able to choose their hours and to a certain degree you can but like you for example work through the night most nights because a lot of your audience is overseas so you work when it suits them that's it yeah so i'm so, forced to do the graveyard shift pretty much yeah, yeah. so um john and i were we were all talking before and john and i were saying that we actually work better at night do you work better at night I think do you so. find it works yeah. for you well oh, i do it all the time so i'm just used to it now used to it so nathan if we can just go back for um people who aren't aware of um, YouTube gamers. Could you just give a little brief description of um, what you do? Okay, so um, my work is is uh, broken up into basically two categories, um, videos and live streams. So the way I work is 
I start my work day roughly around 8 p.m. and that's where I create videos from 8 p.m. till about 12 p.m. I've got a regimented time and where I release a video, which is 10 p.m. It has to be 10 p.m. every day. And then I start my live streams at 12 p.m. and I go until 6 a.m. That's when I stop. Sometimes I go over, like if I've got extra viewers more than normal or something like that, I'll keep going because, you know, the more I put in, the more I get out. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I do find if I go too far over, I'll be exhausted the next day, so it's a balancing act. But uh, I sleep during the day. Isn't it? It's completely different. Like some people... People who go to work and don't enjoy their job can't fathom that your job would be all-consuming and you would not want to take a day off from it. Isn't it fantastic that you both can do careers where you're like, no, I want to keep going. Like, I'm awake at whenever I I want to do my work. The thing is, like, the mind... The mind will want to keep going, but the body will just give out. Eventually, you just get exhausted. Like, you're there in the middle of a video and you're actually have a like a mini blackout and then you think yeah i should probably have a coffee and then keep going or a nap have a nap have a nap um yes so your your viewers watch you engage in gaming and yes so I, i basically just play the game and because i'm quite skilled at what I do. I do make guides. I don't enjoy making the guides, but they're useful for the channel, so I do them. But for the most part, I just play the game at a particularly high level, and people watch me play and learn from that. Fabulous. I was really interested in one of your videos, because this is a whole new world for me, gaming. Um, Like, I think the last time I might have gamed, if that's what you say, um, was like Duke Nukem. Are oh you even gosh. old enough to remember? I used to play Duke Nukem when I was yeah. a kid. Oh, we it was loved the best. Yes, we loved that. Oh, <laughs> I loved Duke. I, oh, I'm so good. At, so good at it on the computer. Oh, and his little boxy body and his all the little boxy animate animation. I was just like, this is so full on. Whoa. So that's the when I started looking at um, the modern games, which are look like reality, look like real videos and yeah, everything the graphics have improved yeah. a lot oh they have since old duke and all space invaders yeah. little dots yeah that, that was pretty amazing <laughs> too got myself a little bit lost you're watching there. one of my videos yes you're one thank you thank yeah. you for that um you're one on goals so you mm. had found that you'd started your um full-time career on youtube mm. and building your um subscriber base and then you'd kind of felt like you'd gotten into a plateau. Yeah, um, you get into a rut because if you just keep doing the same thing, you'll eventually, people will just get bored of it. So being on YouTube, you have to constantly innovate. You can play the same game for years if it's popular enough, but you have to change the way you do things. So one thing that helps with that is setting goals and that just keeps keeps you on track. Otherwise, I've seen it with a lot of people, they just lose motivation and eventually they just give up. Mm. You've got a really good analogy which you will love because it's about sheep uh, on YouTube. So as a content creator, you're essentially a shepherd, right? And other content creators are other shepherds. And your job as as a shepherd is to get as many sheep as possible, but you have to keep them in your yard. And if you don't pay attention to the sheep... Or if you take a day off. Take a day off, yeah. The sheep will wander into somebody else's yard. And it's very much a case that when you're on YouTube, you build up a very loyal following. 
And so you have to be attentive to that. And if you're not, you'll lose them. That is a good analogy. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in that video uh, from late last year where you were goal setting, um, you had made these goals for you because um, I think the last 18 months your channel has done really, really well. That's right. And, yeah, yeah you're moving along at a fast pace there and you yeah. wanted to start um, keep the momentum going and also challenge yourself and have – these goals throughout the year and years to come sure you were saying if you reach that goal your subscribers were going to receive something yeah that's it you got to give them an incentive to actually hit that subscribe button because being on youtube these days you don't actually have to subscribe to the person that you're watching and in all honesty being like having a certain number of subscribers doesn't actually guarantee any degree of success it's more about views than subscribers but the reason why I push for subscribers is just to just a just to push myself to keep going, and it's really just a prestige thing, which is helpful because on YouTube it's all about momentum, and if you if you lose that energy, it shows in your videos. But that prestige thing with subscribers also helps to get sponsorships as well because often companies will look at the number of subscribers as opposed to the number. Yeah, of it views. definitely does. Yeah. So Joe. Remembering back to your very first client as that has now become your business, could you see that that was going to build into a business that you would leave your job and work from home and be your own boss and building a business for yourself? Did you not at all? No, no, not at all. It was never really a goal of mine to run my own business, and it kind of just eventuated naturally. Um, but when I got that first client, I just saw it as a bit of extra money on the side. Uh, I never expected to get any more clients um, it, and it all just happened quite naturally. And I think that's kind of been my philosophy to a certain degree is just seeing the opportunities as they come and taking them as opposed to, I want to be here by this year. Um, I think sometimes you can set yourself up for disappointment and maybe not look at opportunities that, because often you have to take a sideways step to go forward. Mm -hmm. And so you, you, you kind of have to keep an open mind about things. So I just kept an open mind about it and, uh, it, you know, and then it became quite successful, but I definitely didn't expect anything when I got that first client. Yeah. And isn't that, it's really interesting to sort of um, hear your different stories at the moment where Nathan's been with his um, business as such for years and you're just starting yours and the different sort of structures where at the beginning you're well, really finding actually, your feet. Actually, it was like that with me as well. When I oh, first cool. started posting on YouTube, I wasn't thinking I'm going to do this as a career. I was just posting on YouTube because, I don't know, just doing it because I could. And only only because I was gaining traction did I start thinking, hey, why don't I try monetize what I'm doing here? But my first few videos, I wasn't even thinking about monetization at all. So what, what prompted you to do your first video? One of my um, friends actually just, we used to just play the game together and he would say, you're always going to the extreme, why don't you post a video about what you're doing? And so it's ba it was basically just a brag video, look how good I am at it, but it gained a lot of traction. Wow. And so then I was only going to do the, the, originally the first few videos, but then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do some more. And then I did some more and then you start seeing the subscribers come in, the views go up and then you get addicted to that, that growth. And then it wasn't until really the first year that I actually even started monetizing it. So for the 2013, I made no money. What I wanted to ask as well is 
I'm not sure if um, you know 100% with your subscribers, but is it the majority? Are the majority of them also playing the game and looking at tips and tricks from some you, of them are. Or... Some of them are. What I've actually found recently is that because I've reached a certain size, um, YouTube will start recommending me to people who play similar games. And so there's people coming to watch my content who don't, have never even heard of the game. Then they actually end up really liking the game and then they buy the game oh. because of um, what I do it. But there's a lot of people that come on to get better at it because it can be a very difficult game. Ah. When we were talking before as well, um, it was really interested in people's family life and whether that influenced their future decisions. And we were saying how Nathan's family, your father was self-employed for um, 20 years and Joe, your parents um, worked for other businesses and how Nathan sort of you seem to have a bit more confidence in being able to take that leap into working for yourself whereas um Joe you were a bit more reserved so is that how you'd kind of well, I guess summarize so. it um I've always taken a fair bit of inspiration from my dad he he was more willing to I think to to take those risks to work for himself because he didn't want to work for anyone else necessarily he always liked you know running his own business and I think I to a degree inherited that and I've always not really enjoyed working for someone else and thrived much more um, working from home. Yeah, I'd never really thought about it that way before. But now that you mention it, I'd never really given much consideration to running my own business, like you say, because my parents worked for other people. And then in school, there's not much discussion about entrepreneurship or how to run a business. It's very much about here's how you make a resume and here's how you do well in a job interview and go to university so you can get a job and that kind of mentality. And I think we could possibly nurture children a little bit more to just be more open-minded about the possibility of running your own business. It's not talked about at all. Mm. Yeah. At least not when I went to school. Maybe that's changed. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I didn't start doing this until I was 25 because I didn't even think it was an option. And I, I could have been doing this a lot younger and achieved a lot more had I started it younger if at any point in my life it had actually been encouraged. It was almost discouraged all the way through. And it, if it wasn't, if it didn't essentially take off by accident, it may not have ever happened. Mm. Well, exactly, yeah. And so I'm hoping that other young people who might be avid gamers will hear your story and be like, Hey, Mom, Dad, listen to Nathan. Look what he's done. Well, on on that note, you got to keep in mind, like, what kind of child I was. I have a very obsessive um, way I play games. When, if, everybody's trying to become a YouTube gamer these days, but you got to understand, it's extremely competitive. You have to be the best, but not just the best at the game, necessarily. You've got to be entertaining. You've got to be able to handle negative comments. You've got to stay on top of your emails. It's everything. There are people who are just as good at the game or better at me at the game that don't do those other things, and so they fall behind. The reason why I'm where I am is because I took the time to learn the algorithm for YouTube, um, understand what my, what my audience wants, um, learn how to deal with comments, which is probably one of the most difficult challenging things to do how to handle negative comments because it can really affect your reputation you've got to learn to do everything 
And that takes a lot of time, practice and patience. Yeah, and we were talking about that before. And um, Joe, although you're editing podcasts for other people and they'd be receiving comments and things like that, your work history in commercial radio um, and now with the podcast and um, I follow some of the ones, the other podcasts that you edit and you you post a lot for them. So could you both just give some insight into how to deal with um, negativity and sure. like negative comments or negative, anything negative to do with the internet? Because some, it can be yeah, scary. It can, it can actually derail a lot of content creators. I would put negative comments into two categories. Um, like, actual negativity and spam spam get rid of spam so if somebody's just posting loads and loads of just just garbage just get rid of that hide their comments because it disrupts it for everyone else but if someone comes on and is actually abusive or something you kill them with kindness or actually laugh at them they don't know how to deal with it virtually how do you virtually laugh at someone well someone an example that happened the other day actually someone came on and was like look at this nerd what a nerd and was like yeah i am a nerd and oh. or sometimes yeah. you'll let if there might be a negative comment and yeah. you just don't say anything and the other fans uh will basically hate on that person so you yeah. let your fans kind of protect you yeah so if somebody says something to you that's meant as an insult, just don't really take it as an insult. And it makes, they just don't know where to go from there. Because most of the time, if you if you engage with them negatively, that just builds them up. Mm, fuels and them. I think also it can be very easy to fall into a trap of if you get 100 comments and one of them is negative, you can fall into a trap of that's focusing definitely a true. lot yeah. on, that, on that negative comment. But yeah. you kind of have to remind yourself that there was 99 good ones. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, when there's when there is a negative comment, just leave it. Don't don't hide it or delete it or respond negatively to it. And usually the comments will sort that out itself. As long as you are you know not in a in disrepute. And you can't be everything to everyone all the time. Even like the most popular people on the internet yeah. get hate sometimes. You can't make everyone happy. So yeah. don't try to necessarily. That yes, that's a good tip. And I think um, one thing that how we're seeing that um, being business-minded or entrepreneurial isn't necessarily nurtured as much as we all think it should be in school. Another thing is resilience in school mm. as well. So giving kids that it's not your issue, it's their issue, um, you know, who knows what's going on in their life at the moment, sort of um, ability to, like you say, just forget about it, kill them with kindness. I actually think this is something that kids who are going you know, school-aged kids at the moment might be a lot better at than people our age because they've grown up with the internet and the online bullying and trolls that come with that. So I think because they are a little bit more native to it, they might be a little bit better at dealing with it. Oh. I mean, the online bullying that goes on at the moment is very terrifying to me. I mean, when we went to school... You might get bullied at school, but then you'd go home to your family and it would stop. Yeah, Whereas now, yeah. it just continues 24-7 because they can do it on the internet. Yeah. And people, I think, can be a lot harsher because they might be more anonymous behind a keyboard. You know, people say things online that they would never say to your face. Mm. And that actually brings up another point. When, when 
dealing with the prospect of online bullying, content creators can get bullied as well. And so as a content creator, you have to remain very private with a lot of your beliefs, very essentially narrow focused. I do gaming that leaves no room for talk about politics, religion, all of that stuff. It doesn't exist in my world because as soon as I open up with that stuff, it leaves me open to attack, but also potentially offends um, my viewer base, which otherwise wouldn't have. So, you, so as a content creator, you have to, you can't just uh, unload everything that's maybe going through your mind on, on your audience. Same thing with like personal life issues. You can't, if I have a fight with Joe, I can't come onto the internet and be like, ah, oh, my wife's giving me the shits or something like that. Can't do that. You do see other content creators, especially on Twitter, post personal things or complain about their channel not doing well or whatever and yeah they I don't shouldn't know, do that it should just keep it professional like yeah. you're to you know to be honest the audience doesn't really care no they don't care they don't care how successful or, or whatever you are you know don't don't be posting things like oh i didn't make as much money this month woe is me you know that's your problem it's not their problem all they want you to do is make the content that's what you got to focus on that's right. So do you have um, a, a friendship base of other creators? A little Who, bit, a little a bit. Little not, not a hell of a lot, but a couple of people that I, that I collaborate with every now and again. And what about you, Joe? Do you have other, do you know many other people who were producing podcasts? Yeah, I didn't when I started, but I've since, there's um, some really good Facebook groups and communities for anyone in any of these industries um, which are really really good to join because a lot of people giving bits of advice and asking for help and I guess for anyone starting a business or maybe feels a little bit lost like see if there's a Facebook group for people in your community or you know some other online forum or just local other business people because you know like I, I knew people in radio but I didn't really know anyone else doing exactly what I'm doing um, so I sort of met a few people through online forums and that's been really helpful just to sort of have somebody else that can relate because it's very Bounce hard. Bounce ideas off. Yeah, and it's very hard um, when a lot of people don't really understand what you do mm. because both of us work in these kind of new age industries that didn't exist 10 years ago. So it's like, for example, it was very hard for us to find an accountant who understood what we do, you know, so it can be good for you know, finding other people who are on the same playing field and you're all kind of learning together. Whereas I guess in the real world, a lot of people just go, you do what? But how do you make money from that? And mm. it's like, oh, I have to explain my whole life to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even people who come on and watch you think that it should just be a hobby, not a job. And they don't realize how much actual work goes into it. They think that, oh, that's a 15 minute video. You just put 15 minutes into that. There's so much work that goes into it. But at the same time, you can't really necessarily get angry at them because they don't just they just don't understand. It's not yeah. their job to understand. It's not their job to understand, yeah. But it is nice to have other people, like-minded people who are doing the same thing just as a support network. Yes. Yeah. I loved when um, Marie Kondo came out because it made when people say, because usually if I say I'm a professional organiser, they're like, oh, you organise events. I'm like, oh, no, and then break into your spiel of what you actually do. So now I go, you know Marie Kondo? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, that. And it's it's yeah. condensed the explanation down to a minimum and gives them a – they've got that little show to 
reference and I'm like it's it, it that's a good start just that's what I do and it, yeah it does make it easier but yeah people are like and people pay you to do that exactly what you said is a lot of the time with what you do and it's probably the case with most businesses about finding that niche mm. like you've found a niche and you know people might be surprised oh why do people need to pay you to do that yeah, that's but that's a big thing. With there are me. some people yeah. that need that need you, help. You with just that. get paid to play games. How is that fair? Well, you can monetize just about anything in this world if you find a way to monetize it. That's that's what it is. Yeah, I don't necessarily get paid to play a game. I get paid based on watch time because people watch the ads. That's where I get paid. I get paid through advertising. That's how my that's how um, I monetized. You're paid also to um, entertain and educate people. Sure, but like, the, the yeah. whole goal of that is to get them to watch. Yeah. As they're watching an ad is played, I get I'm essentially just as much in advertising as I am in gaming. Yeah. That's how it's monetized. So with anything that you do these days, if you're really good at it, you can get paid as long as you find the right way of monetizing it. And um, separating yourself from maybe if you're in a saturated market, separating yourself some way so you stand out. That's another thing as well, I suppose. You've got to find your niche. Sometimes joining into a a very popular but oversaturated market might actually be less profitable than breaking away into a smaller niche. Exactly, yeah. And um, our listeners might be able to hear um, your little puppy, Gemma. (laughs) She's like, I want to be interviewed. I want to be interviewed. (laughs) She's so friendly and cute. Um, But one of the um, pros you'd said to me uh, before the podcast is that someone's always here with her now. So she's getting much, much, much more love because you're both always here. Yeah, she. um, it's definitely better for her to always have somebody home. And that might be something for people who have kids as well. I don't know what it would be like. We, we don't have children, but I imagine um, other people in our position who ha- had kids might find it a little bit easier to juggle that uh, work-life balance and, you know, m- maybe finding the time to look after their kids at home more. That could be another pro for some people if you can manage your time that way. Yes. And um, exactly, like if you did have children and you liked working at night time, like yourselves do, you would have that, I can drop them off at school, pick them up, and, yeah, definitely yeah. flexibility in, in time. And another um, uh, comment you'd made is that although you're both working from home, a lot of people might think, oh, you're probably under each other's feet all the time. You've actually found that you've got to make time to see each yeah, other. Yeah, I think people would expect that we would spend a lot of time together because we're both home all the time. No, I'm cooped up in here we, all day. Yeah, we see very little of each other because he works that night shift and then sleeps through the day and then I'm usually the opposite working through the day and I guess working some more normal hours but also working at night. Um, you do have to make time for meals and date night and that kind of thing because, yeah, we probably see each other less now. <laughs> Yeah. Do you find that, Nathan? Yeah, we probably see each other less now than when than when you were working away from home. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think, too, um, for people who are entrepreneurs and couples who are both doing it, it's seeing that investment in you mightn't be seeing much of each other now, but in the future, setting yourself up that you will be able to see as much of each other as you want because you're 
been spending all that time, like you've been spending years building up your subscriber base and you're just at the beginning show getting all your clients together and and it will pay off in the future. Like that's the, you've got to put the investment in at the start, time, money, whatever it is to make sure you reach your goals in the future and you'll be able to have Gemma, have her in a, I could just see she'd love one of these little baby carriers. I think she'd love I've got to, one for her. Oh, do you? Yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> She would love that, I reckon, having a little baby. She loves to be carried and yeah. cuddled. And <laughs> yeah. So do you have any young people that you know who you might be mentoring? Yeah, uh, one of our friends has a kid um, that's very very similar to me. And uh, he's still quite young, but he says he wants to be a, a YouTuber. So I've given him a little bit of advice, but he's still way too young to, to actually start up his own YouTube channel. Is he um, looking at gaming or um Yeah, gaming. Something? Oh yeah. Yeah, so he's he's just like me growing up, um glued to the computer screen, can't get away from it, wants to wants to do it as a career. But he's he's far too young to do it right now. But I'm open to mentoring him when the time comes. Can you um can you see some changes that may happen in the future already? Uh, or it's very hard to predict where things are gonna go in the future. I think things are going to get a lot more regulated and it's going to be a lot harder in the future for people to break into it because um, it's already difficult as it is right now. And the more competition there is, the harder people are going to have to work to break through. But yeah, there's there's going to be a lot more restrictions and regulations which will just make the whole thing a lot more difficult for sure. But at the same time, there might also be more money in, in the future. Mm-hmm. So... It definitely looks good for people like myself who have already broken into their niche, but it doesn't look amazing for people who want to break into it because it would be extremely difficult. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and it's interesting to think about some other pros with both of your industries and your professions where you've got to travel. Sometimes an opportunity will pop up and a company might fly me to go somewhere to try out a game. That's a perk. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Almost every single time I go somewhere, though, I end up getting sick. Oh, no, really? Well, because I'm in here all the time. I'm essentially in like a, a semi-germ-free bubble, right? Oh. And then I go to the airport and I've not got my immunity, so I always come back sick. Oh. That was one thing I noticed when I started working from home. Because he would always say his immune system's great, he never gets sick, blah, blah, blah. And I'd get a cold, you know, you know how you get like two colds a year mm-hmm. kind of average and I would always get that and then I started working from home and I never got sick and I thought oh my god it's because you work in an office and people bring germs in and it goes through the ducted air conditioning Mm -hmm. and that's why you get sick all the time cutlery and things like that in the kitchen yep totally that's a good point good point and the thing is working from home having no boss is that I don't get sick time if I'm not well enough to uh, to do my work, then that's revenue lost. But that's another thing to keep in mind if you are starting your own business and working out your rate. This was something that I had to put a lot of thought into what my rate would be is that you're not going to get sick leave or annual leave or superannuation. So I had to add up what and those tax. things... And tax. So I had to add up what all of those things would amount to per year and then add that in to my hourly rate Mm -hmm. because I just charge an hourly rate um, to make sure that I wasn't um, shortchanging myself as opposed to if I had 
a full-time job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's um, sometimes people, you'll get different um, different reactions from everyone when you say you work for yourself. And some people will say, oh, wow, you must just have the life, you know, you just always do, you know, running around the world or just always doing nothing. And it's like, mm, oh, maybe in 30 no. years, but not right now. Not right now. No. And I mm. think, uh, no, where do you get that idea from? <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it, it's, although you're, as we were saying before, Nathan, that you, whatever you build, it's from you, you get the reward the satisfaction from that but it's constant there's no um like clocking on clocking off and no relying on a boss to generate new ideas so all all the success that i might be generating now i will not get a chance to enjoy that until i essentially retire yeah 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 and that's a that's a good point to make that it's not all about you know rainbows and lollipops no i'm not i don't live the 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 holiday lifestyle not at all it's it's work day in day out but i love what i do so it's okay yeah and that makes the world of difference and so joe whether it was in your radio um life before or podcasting now have you met some awesome people that you might like to share who you might have met like oh do you mean like celebrities maybe maybe oh my gosh that definitely in radio (laughs) local all overseas in my radio days I met and spoke to, unfortunately, radio has become a lot more um, stuff over the phone. So I've talked to a lot more people over the phone, like Matt LeBlanc, uh, oh. William Shatner. Oh, yeah. he would have been interesting. Yeah. The, actually, the most interesting thing about meeting celebrities, I find, because I, like, I've been doing it for so long now, I don't get starstruck you know, you, you sort of have to be cool about it. You know, mm-hmm. when they come in, they're working. So you can't be all, oh, my God, I'm such a big fan. Can I have a photo? Like, you've got to that's, – that's kind of rude to them. So you have to um, – you kind of have to be professional with it. But I just love to see what they're like as uh, – you know, especially as a producer and not sort of the star of the show, how they treat you. And they're sort of two schools of, you know, some celebrities are really, like, down to earth and – they ask you about yourself as a producer and you do see other celebrities come in and they are only interested, they're quite rude to you and only mm. interested in doing their PR and they're a totally different person on air as opposed to um, what they're like in real life. So I always find it interesting to see what um, what what people are like in the real world. Yeah. Oh, cool. So now doing your um, podcast producing, yep. what, what are some things that you're like – Oh, this is pretty cool. As a result of that, doing that work, is there something? Um, I think it's it's interesting to me. Maybe this isn't interesting to other people, but I love learning a lot about different topics. And so, the a lot of my clients are sort of industry podcasts. So they're, um, you know, I learn a lot about certain industries that I never knew before. So it's just like bits and pieces of information and um, you just learn a lot about all kinds of different things and all kinds of different people. And podcasting is very diverse. Um, So you do meet and learn about all kinds of different people, different cultures, different jobs and that kind of thing. And and I I find that's, you know, one of the great things about podcasting is that it's so much more diverse than traditional media. Can you see, is there something on the horizon that's emerging with podcasts that something 
like a new direction or I think it was interesting what Nathan was saying before about uh, more regulation of the industry and that's something that's happening with podcasting is more regulation sort of of statistics and wages and things like that because it's very much they're very much a wild west at the moment um, you know people who are working professionally in, just in the industry getting underpaid um, yeah I think we'll see a lot more regulation there's already been more regulation on the statistics side of things because not all podcast hosts track the stats the same way so it's hard to compare especially for sponsors it's hard it, it has been hard for them to compare different podcasts and the numbers and that sort of thing so I think and I think we'll see more advertisers come on board as they see the value in podcasting especially because you can target a certain niche whereas when you're looking at traditional media like radio for example or tv or whatever you're sort of targeting a more general demographic like it might be that that radio station targets 18 to 30 year olds and so you know you're targeting them but in podcasting you know you might have a it might be an industry podcast and you you can go, oh, okay, well, if I advertise on this podcast, I am going to be targeting lawyers only. And that's a very niche industry. So if you can, if you have a niche in podcasting, you can actually, I guess, make a little bit more money per listen than you would if you, if it was more general, mm. if that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, we might finish it up there. Thank you so much, Nathan and Joe, for giving me your time and letting me come to your home today and explaining everything about what you do and um, how it's working with you both living at home. I think a lot of people find it really interesting because I know I do. Well, thanks for having us. It's nice to have an opportunity to let people know a little bit more about our new age kind of yeah. businesses because a lot of people, you know, you meet people at barbecues and they're like, you do, you do what? But how do you make money? And a lot of people find it confusing. So I think it's good to kind of get the word out. Yeah. A bit. Oh, definitely. Well, you can just have this in, in your pocket on a little, um, a little tape recorder. And when people <laughs> say that, oh, just hold on. Have you got an hour? Yeah, go listen to the details. <laughs> I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you so much again. And um, I'm sure if anything pops up and you're wanting to share it with anybody, we'll um, we do another interview, post it on the Facebook group and things like that. But we'll keep up to date with everything that's going on. And, of course, Joe will be involved every week in um, editing. Absolutely. <laughs> editing and Secretly producing. Secretly behind the scenes Secret, of every episode. Yes, yes. <laughs> we, have, we have you to thank for a lot of getting the podcast up and going because if it wasn't for you, I definitely wouldn't have been able to to do it at all. Oh, thank so you. Thank well, you if it so wasn't much. for you, I might not even be doing it. So. Oh, golly, golly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll sign off for now and wish everyone a good week. And thanks again, Nathan and Joe. No worries. Later. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening. And I hope you really enjoyed this week's tale. Let me now invite you to pop over to our Facebook group called Pink Sheep Tales Podcast and there you can stay up to date with all the exciting news from our pink sheep. You can also find myself at OCD, Organising Cleaning and Decluttering Specialists on Facebook or on my website ocdpro.com.au. Well, I'll catch you back here next week. Until then, enjoy yourself. <laughs>